1: Is there anything interesting that's happening in House Hall? Uh,
2: Depends on what perspective you have. Uh, It's interesting for me because no matter what anybody wants to say, you're still learning and getting to know Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus and Alan Williams and Luke Getze. You're still trying to figure them out, and particularly Matt Eberflus now, you know, talking to him once a week in these press conferences – I'm trying to get a feel for how he's going to be with us which in turn is how he's going to be with everybody listening to this with the uh, the public at large and uh I'm I'm finding him to be a little frustrating so far with uh just not really wanting to give us a lot on on pretty much anything you ask if you ask about any specific player you're just really not getting a lot from him, even guys that should be really easy to talk about, like Jalen Johnson, for example. I mean, and this goes back to when we were at the combine with him and we're like, hey, Matt, you know, who are some guys on the current roster, guys you have under contract that you've inherited that you really like, that you're really happy to have? And he's like, oh, I don't want to get into names. It's like, Come on, man. Wow. Like, how hard would it be to say, I, I, I'm glad I walked into this job and Jalen Johnson's here. Like, there's one problem solved or I'm glad I walked into this job and I got Roquan Smith as my kind of like vice president of the defense here, like my partner in this, as much as Justin Fields is in a partnership with Luke Getsey to run the offense. That's what Roquan Smith is in this defense. I mean, we're just barely even getting any of that at this point. So I hope this is Matt Eberflus's first head coaching job. I hope that over time he's going to expand what he's willing to say and how much he's willing to open up and see that, there is quite a bit of room. There's quite a bit of margin before you start getting into revealing things that are really detrimental to you to reveal.
1: Yeah, it, it's, it, I, I want to give him a little bit of grace just because making that jump from coordinator to head coach and all of the media responsibilities that go along with being a head coach versus a coordinator are different. But this is the, t- like I, I, maybe he's not selling his team to us because he doesn't have a lot of belief in, in what this collection of talent can do. I I am curious though, when they talk about Justin Fields, like now that we've gotten a chance to get to know the offensive staff a little bit more, what are they saying about what they see and what they want to see?
2: Well, They're saying a lot about how well he is picking up the offense and incorporating that and being able to lead the offense in this new scheme. And I think what they just want to see is sound decision-making from him, that he is seeing the open receivers and making the quick move to them. And we're in OTAs right now. I mean, this is not live action. Once we get into the season, even into preseason or whatever, uh, and you have him behind that offensive line and with those wide receivers, you got a lot of questions whether that offensive line can buy him time and whether those receivers can get open for him and provide those windows. It's harder to make good decisions when you don't have very good options or much time to find those options. So that part of it's got to hold up. But they like what they see so far. They're, they're not making any bold proclamations about him or anything like that. And that maybe that goes back to Matt Eberflus not really wanting to gush and rave about individual players, even though there are guys there that he should be talking like that about. I think he kind of wants these guys to feel like they got to win him over, like they need to make their case, and that nobody is starting out with their case already made and with him already
1: impressed. What do you think about what became the national kind of Conversation about the Bears and Justin Fields, and Justin Fields being failed by the Bears.
2: Failed by the Bears last year or this year?
1: This year, particularly this draft, like that, that became like a thing this week that was being discussed. There is a very long piece on on football outsiders about it. Like the, people were talking about this, and I was just wondering, like, like, to me, I was like, when the story was presented to me, I was like, it's May. Like I I don't know if he's been failed by this new administration cuz I still think I still think back to what you wrote and I still think about the the roster cleanup that has to go on with this team. So while yes, I understand people's frustration that there weren't more offensive players taken earlier, I I still don't know if I'm ready to damn this organization and say that they haven't done right by Justin Fields yet.
2: Yeah, I don't have a problem with Ryan Poles' draft picks either way, because those were needs that really needed to be addressed—corner and probably safety—in the long term. So, especially corner. Like, I mean, you can't argue with him picking a cornerback and saying, "Wow, we really need to plug the leak on this one." Um, as far as the collective offseason, that's the part of Ryan Poles' plan that I'm not really sold on. Um, and he, maybe he's right. And and you know you and me and football outsiders and Twitter maybe we're all maybe we're all wrong, but I I understand his lens of saying, hey 2023 is when this really starts. Everything's got to be about 2023. So we do the demolition now that needs to be done financially. We put our we we put the Bears in the best possible position for 2023 to really start building. I would say the flaw in that plan is you've got to give Justin Fields resources right now right now it could be very detrimental to his career in my opinion if he goes this whole year running for his life in the backfield and not having open receivers I don't think someone at his stage is just impervious to that career-wise in the big picture the way a veteran quarterback would be if Aaron Rodgers has to go through a year where he's got no offensive line and no wide receivers that he can count on to get open or not enough wide receivers that he can count on to get open. He's going to be okay. He's going to have a hard year, but it's not going to like ruin him. A young quarterback, especially Justin Fields, has not been able to prove anything yet because of all the dysfunction from last year. It could really be a setback for him. And I think that if you wanted to sell off the entire defense, fine. With an eye on 2023, but not adding significant help. In my opinion on the line or a wide receiver that's problematic. Now, Ryan Poles would say, I, I'm smarter than you. I brought in Lucas Patrick. I'm going to bring somebody in at right guard. I know about Byron Pringle because I came from the Chiefs. I know about Equinemius St. Brown because our offensive coordinator coach from in Green Bay, maybe he'll be right. But that takes a leap of faith right now for me.
1: And the evaluation process on fields, I think, is is – that's where I do think people are completely right, where – it's going to be more difficult to figure out whether or not he's good. And I know that there are those moments when you can say a, a quarterback is more than the players that are around him, but, but trying to figure that out without giving him resources is going to be difficult. Now they might look at it as like you said, we'll, we'll give him the resources in 2023 and, and we still have plenty of time because he's on a rookie deal to figure out if he's the guy. And I can't figure out where our own rush to know whether he's the guy plays a role in how we look at how their offseason has gone.
2: Yeah, it does. I mean, we want to open this Christmas present, and I don't think you did. Yeah, I don't think you got to last year. I, I think Justin Fields is good, but the key word in that sentence is "think." I think he's good. I don't know that he's good. I don't know how anybody could know that he's good off last year. And most of that is not his fault. He was put in a terrible position. He had so many things working against him in that case. But I think that the bears need to treat him like a franchise quarterback in order to find out if he is a franchise quarterback. And to me, it doesn't really matter if the bears go five and 12 this year that you, that doesn't, that's not really all that relevant toward the big picture plans it does matter if justin fields misses time with an injury because he's getting hit or if justin fields can't really get the opportunity to establish a rhythm and really show his talent and show you what he can do because of personnel deficiencies around him that would be a problem that is problematic even if you're looking at 2023 as the priority
1: well, Mr. Leisure, I appreciate the time and the information as per usual. Looking forward to this week's Sports Adjacent podcast, which is out right now. People can check it out, and they can, whether you're on Apple or if you're on Spotify, is right there for you. Sports Adjacent with Jason Leisure, Jerry Russ Dorsey, and Tony Gill. <laughs> Sir, have a great rest of your day. I'll talk to you soon. All right, Lawrence. That is Jason Leisure of the Sun-Times. He covers the Bears for them.